Hello everyone and welcome to episode 32 of the Switchaboo podcast. My name is Alex Harding, I'll be your host, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Nathan Rudge. Hello again. And the cynical guy, Jake Mouncy. Hi, hi. And happy Easter, everyone. Well, we're, we're recording on Easter. It's probably a little bit late for everyone listening. Oh, right. Um, it's but- Easter today. <laughs> yeah, it's Easter Sunday. I, I'm kind of in lockdown at the moment, so I had no idea. <laughs> You've forgotten what the outside world is, what's happening. Yeah. Oh, damn you, COVID. <laughs> but even though even though it's the holidays, we, we're always, you know, we're always nonstop talking about games. And there's, there's always game news that's not going to stop. So um, got a few exciting bits to talk about nothing major but fun little fun little news topics um first off though we'll talk about what we've been playing um who went first last time i can't remember it's always jake it's usually me <laughs> let's go let's go nathan then we'll, we'll start off with your with your fun fact okay uh so did you guys know uh steve wozniak the uh, co-founder of apple right yeah. yeah uh he used to send in his tetris scores and he sent them in so many times. This was on in Nintendo Power that he was banned because he was always in the top score. <laughs> he still kept submitting scores by spelling his name backwards. That's a very Wozniak thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Also, the GameCube wasn't actually a cube. Yeah, it's slightly off, isn't it? Yeah. It's like longer. It's I think. a four point three high by five point nine by six point five. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty big discrepancy. Yeah, it's false advertising right there. I should get my money back. It's a game prism. It doesn't have the same ring to it though. Game rectangle. <laughs> the game game, cu- game brick. Wait, I've got it. Game cubed. No. Nah. Yeah. Maybe if there was enough to, like, if you times it by three, multiply it by three, game cubed. Well, that's what I thought because it's like yeah. th- three dimensional. But then, then we're getting into three DS territory, kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, trying to feel sub- yeah, a cuboid. It's a cuboid. Cuboid. Rectangular cuboid. There you go. The cube boy. Like Game Boy. I, I I still prefer the Game Brick. Fine, we'll go the Game Brick. Yeah. Also, Tom Hanks <laughs> was originally going to be cast in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I did know that. Like the old one. And like, they turned him down because they thought he wasn't big enough? That he thought he wasn't worth the money. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. And then he went on to do Forrest Gump after that. Yep. And, and then, became, you know, the biggest thing ever for a yep. while. And got his uh, brother a permanent gig as his uh, stand-in. Yeah. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. Anything that is not, like, basically his, like, main voice that he doesn't want to do, it's his brother. Wonder, wonder what the family reunions will be like. Also, uh, like, he did the uh, running, a lot of the long-distance running shots because... Tom Hanks has such a unique run that only his brother was the one who was able to do it. <laughs> well, what is? I want to know what Tom that's, Hanks. That's runs how like the now. whole like if that's it. Run like the Forrest Gump. That's how he runs. Oh, hmm. okay. That's his natural run. That's <laughs> interesting. That's 
awesome. And obviously his brother is the only other person who they could get to do it. So his brother just now has a permanent gig as his stunt double, basically. <laughs> Slash voice replacement. That's actually, he doesn't want to do the work. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool if you think about it. Yeah. Like, your brother is so famous that you essentially just become famous as well yeah constant work (laughs) i wouldn't say for free but like no effort yeah it also um it helps with the um you know say toy story games where the voice sounds close enough oh yeah his voice is like ridiculously close yeah yep so in terms of what i've been playing finally got access to chrono cross Yay. Yay! How is it? Because I've been hearing stories. I haven't had much chance to play it yet. No. <laughs> I'm still only at the very beginning. I haven't even done the dimensional warp yet. I think, yeah, because, I mean, technically, I so I have been playing it as well, but nowhere near, like, that far in. I think I'm up to, like, the second town or something. Um, yeah, no, you've done the dimensional warp. Is that the first tutorial bit? Yeah, when you go on the beach and the waves go over you. Oh, then okay, yes, I've I've passed that. Um, you've, you've gone basically. You, the The premise is you're in a different dimension where you died. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you because yeah, when you go up, it goes. Oh, hey, here's where you your grave is. So like, hang on, what? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, in terms of frame rate, yeah, it's not amazing, but like it, it kind of apparently it's worse than the PlayStation One version. Yeah, but it's yeah. yeah, it straight up runs worse than the original, which All is hilarious. Performance like right share that it is worse than the PS One version in terms of performance. Yeah, like it's serviceable. It does it does the job, and it's like it's not going to hinder you from playing the game by any means. But like there are some bits. I mean, again, I've only played like the first hour. But there are some bits that I found quite a little janky, but that was more the fact that it was a PlayStation One game. Yeah, it, it it's the it's they've done it enough to be minus the performance issues. They've done it enough improvements where it keeps the uh, purists happy. Yeah, but you know they want it like the emulation instead of you know a pure remake and stuff. It keeps the purists happy, but you know I would prefer it just to get completely redone basically from the ground yeah. up yeah it really feels worthwhile it really feels like these uh uh square enix remasters are either like the best thing in the world or they barely have been touched well it was uh upscale b and ai mm. that's where all the issues come from mm. it's just lazy well seems lazy yeah it, it really does. Especially, you know, Square Enix hasn't had a lack of, you know, big titles recently. Mm. Mm, it's true. And this is, I mean, that's quite upsetting for yourself because Chrono Cross is your favorite game. Yes. But so. at the same time, it's a way for people to play it in new times and because it's not easy to get a PS1. No, no. Let no. alone a copy of the game. Let alone one in Australia because, you know, it never released in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, like, PS1 games, well, PS1 JRPGs tend to go for stupid amounts of money. Oh, yes. Mm. That doesn't surprise me either, unfortunately. But so far, I just... Waves of nostalgia playing it. 
And being said, I wonder how much Quest 64 goes for. <laughs> you keep talking, I'm going to look this up. Okay. But no, like, um, what was it? Like, the just the title screen with, like, the redone character art just looks really nice. That's cool. I'm sure you noticed it when you're, like, like just looking at the character art when you, like, loaded the game. It was very clean. Yeah, it was really nice. It did... Some of the models seem a bit odd. Like, That's they're, like, a little bit too clean. One. Yeah. But, like, they're clean, they're touched up, but then other models aren't, and it just looks kind of... Uh, disjointed uh something most uh people won't notice is uh in the tutorial like the actual tutorial um you your third party member is random yeah i mean i i figured that out because i forgot to save the first time so then i went back to it and i was like oh they're different so other than that i would not have known that yeah until you told that's me that if, if you don't start a new game, you won't be like, oh, that's a completely different person. Yeah. I did find that to be a pretty cool touch. I think it's anyone you can recruit up to that point in the game. Because you actually do that ta- like uh, that tutorial part in the actual game. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's just like a, a look at future events. Quest 64 actually doesn't go for that much. It's only about $70. You want it does go for a lot? Paper Mario? Yeah, Paper Mario actually goes for double. Yeah, the amount Quest 64 goes for. People actually like Paper Mario. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was released later in the lifespan. Yeah. As well. It was like 2001. Uh, I just like dunking on Quest 64. It's, yeah. it's just funny. It's just that, that that was the RPG that the Nintendo 64 had. It was clunky and dumb. It was so dumb. That was Final Fantasy VII's competition. Yeah. So like, hey, no. you want to want to have more health? Get hit more. <laughs> All right. It was. They made it pretty easy for Square Enix. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So have you been playing anything else there, Nathan? The only other thing was uh helping Jace out with uh, Kirby Forgotten Land. Yay! That was a great game. Although I haven't picked it up since I finished it. Did you do the post-game stuff? Uh, I don't think so. That's like the um, the Colosseum, isn't it? No, like the the last, like the extra world you get by finishing the story. I don't think so. Where I'm you not... have to collect uh, soul pieces. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar. I'm not really one to, like, as soon as I see credits, I kind of turn off from a game. I don't know, it's like a mental thing. It's not the true ending. Eh, I got an ending. Yeah, but, you know, you're meant to, you know, go the whole way into the game, aren't you? Experience the whole story. Come on. What kind of gamer are you? Yeah, a fake one. one? (laughs) One that likes a wide breadth of games. And I don't like spending too much time on one game where I can enjoy many games. Yeah, but it was, you know, just an extra seven levels. Nah. Again, as soon as I see credits, I just turn off. It's like something in my mind ticks, and I just don't want to play it anymore. It's pure disappointment. Yeah. I'd love to imagine you doing a uh, Elden Ring speedrun. It's like, oh, it's a minute, 30 seconds. All right, it's all credits. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. You you would have, um, was it, turned uh, Kirby Star Allies off at the end of the first world then. 
<laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> Do credits roll after the first world? Yes. Yeah, it's like a fake out. Really? Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. It, it like it goes through them like incredibly fast and then just um, rewinds back. Huh. Because you beat King Diddy in the first world. Yeah, it's like, oh, you beat Diddy. He's a bad guy. End of the game. Here's the credits. <laughs> I wonder how many people raged at that. Oh, no. It's it's very it, clear. It was, yeah, very obviously like a joke. Very, okay. Yeah, okay. very clear. Like it, it's over in like 10 seconds. Okay. okay. Well, I, in that case, I probably wouldn't have. I probably yeah, you saw credits, still, then that's the end of the game. It still would have been funny using your logic. <laughs> Fair enough. But what do you think of Forgotten Land? Some of these uh, powers are broken. <laughs> are you talking about the mouthful powers? No, they they they're terrible. I like them. They just look terrible. They look hilarious. <laughs> When you're when you're a Kirby, when you control the uh, control the staircases, it looks weird. I love it. I think it. I think it's. I honestly think it's hilarious. There were so the many car times. Car just doesn't control well. There were so many. I mean, I I kind of like the car. I kind of like the way it controls. But each each their own, of course. Um, but I don't know. I I really enjoy and like every time I did the mouthful abilities, like the way Kirby moved, I just thought it was hilarious. Like especially with the the traffic cone, and he's like waddling from side to side, like dick, 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 dick. I, I don't off. like the uh, the ring mouth one. Well, you're just Wait. very negative today, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, his mouth, like his mouth, is wide open, so like you just see the back of his throat. Yeah, because he's it like the weird. air pump things. You know, did you ever ever have one of those things as a as a kid? And then like it blasted air. No, I didn't. What were they called? The air cannons? Yeah, the air cannon yeah. things. Yeah. Um, Airzooka. Yeah, that's right. Oh, they were I so much fun. I seeing them on ads. That's about <laughs> it. Yeah, I, like he's like one of those things. Uh, I, I had friends that weren't allowed to... like they, they got them as like a Christmas gift. And in like 10 minutes of playing with it, they... Uh, they had them banned from their household because what what did they do? They fought into it. Of course they did. <laughs> fought into it and then just launch it at someone's face. And yeah, it's like, no, this is too yeah. much power for a kid to have. And yeah, that toy oh, that was is... banned in their household. Yeah, I don't blame that parent <laughs> at all. My God. I'm gonna share I'm gonna share in the Discord chat. Some people took airzookas and took it a little bit too far i reckon see like overall i do enjoy the gameplay but like just i don't enjoy the mouthful mode eh, fair enough each their own i thought it was kind of like um because a lot of kirby games have their own gimmicks and you, you either get really plain kirby games where they're just very much by the books or you have one with a gimmick and Kirby, well, Forgotten Land 1, I suppose th- the 3D was a bit of a gimmick, like, kind of, not really, but it also had the mouthful abilities, but it's kind of the same as, like, with Robobot, mm. if you ever if you pl- ever played Planet Robobot, and, like, you had the me- the mech suits and everything. Um, I thought it was, it was good that it didn't 
the game didn't shove the mouthful abilities into every single level. But, I don't know. Each of their own, I suppose. Felt like it was in most levels. Yeah, fair enough. I liked it. But, again, each of their own. Yeah, uh, it's mostly just the mouthful I, I didn't enjoy. Okay. It, it's just creepy when you think about it for more than two seconds. Yeah. I've been... I I've actually haven't touched my Switch at all this fortnight. I've been playing two games on my Xbox. Um, I'm going to talk about the first one because the second one I'm just going to gush about. Um, so I'll talk about Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker Saga first. And I'm only playing this because when we got the Switch code for our review, we also got an Xbox code um, mm. like for free. And they were saying like, yeah, Xbox just did a deal with um, Koch Media in Australia and everyone's getting an Xbox code. I was like, okay, thanks. So I started playing that to help out uh, Dylan because he's doing the Switch version. Um, It looked beautiful on the Series X. Like, it looks really good. Um, Still a bit choppy, though, which is a bit interesting. Um, But it's, it's Star Wars. It's Lego Star Wars. It's Lego Star Wars. You know what to expect. Yeah, exactly. But obviously it's set across the nine different episodes. Now the question, is there voice acting in this one? Yes. Quite a lot of voice acting. Mm. So I enjoyed that back when, you know, they they couldn't do voice acting because it was, you know, it was just the Lego. It was fun, you know, when you had Darth Vader showing he's the father. It was a photo of him with a Leia pointing at the pregnant belly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, just the little more physical comedy behind it was, yeah. you know, being more creative. But again, it's still good with the voice acting. It's just yeah. more creative back then. True. But, like, <laughs> I've I've seen some of the gags in this new Lego Star Wars, and they're, they're just so dumb, but, like, catch you off guard. Yeah. And I was actually quite surprised because I don't really play Lego games all that much. And when I started playing this one, I was like, it's not as in your face funny as like because i played lego city on the cover like the undercover cop the wii mm, u one yeah yeah that's actually pretty decent yeah yeah i really enjoyed that one and that one's very much it's dumb like yeah. the and the the comedy is just always there to the point where it's just a bit much sometimes mm. so i was actually quite surprised that sky uh, skywalker saga actually takes it back a little bit and it's kind of like i don't know it's just like a kid's version of the the saga i suppose but it's good i enjoy it it's it's mindless fun i play it when i'm um you know just kind of taking a break from things i don't want anything too stressful it's just mindless fun uh but the other one i've been playing is tunic which have you guys heard about tunic i have been hearing nothing but good things about tunic Oh. I vaguely remember hearing about it, but I can't remember. It is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. It's it makes it it has to come to Switch at some point because it is it's the most indie Nintendo game that like I, I think I've played in so many nostalgic ways, like the way um you use an instruction manual. I'm not sure if you guys know like about that like, mechanic you, within the game. It's, 
yeah, it, the the instruction manual is the collectibles. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you collect you collect things, you collect uh, pages, and you build up this instruction manual, and that gives you clues about ways to either proceed or ways to do certain things. But the thing is, like with that structure technically if you know that you can do that you can do those things from the very beginning so basically the whole world is open to you and there's not many things that you unlock it's just that you find more instruction manual pages so then you figure out how to do more things so i'm really curious and this is going to be this kind of goes against what i said before but like this is a game that i may actually go back to a second time with all that preconceived knowledge and see how I experience it for the second time. Like, I don't replay games. The only game I I replay is Banjo-Kazooie. Hmm. So obsessed. Exactly, because I'm obsessed. So I'm obsessed with this game. And it is, it's beautiful. It's very hard as well. Like, it's quite difficult. Like, um, almost, maybe not as hard as Dark Souls, but like Souls-esque in which some of the boss battles... Please don't. But whatever. Yeah, go on. <laughs> very, very difficult boss battles is what is what I'm saying. But um, it's if if it was on Switch and I was reviewing it, I would be giving it a ten. Yeah, I'm like, really surprised it's not on Switch. It looks yeah, I, like it should be on Switch. I I imagine because it's only on Windows, so I imagine it's got Xbox exclusivity. Ah, uh, that's probably why. Like maybe timed exclusivity. Yeah, possibly. Um, because they, well, they haven't built a uh, Switch port yet. Yeah, maybe as well. But like, well, I mean, they do have a f- a publisher as well, so they could have helped them with that. Um, but I, and I was playing it until like three a.m. last night, and I messaged Steve because he's a massive Zelda slash Metroidvania fan, and I'm, I just said to him like, "This is on the same level as Hollow Knight." In term, but for top-down action RPG, like action adventures, and that just excited him because he loves Hollow Knight as well, and he's a massive Zelda fan. So, everyone, if you're if every everyone who's a Zelda fan or like has like nostalgia for those old school um, action adventure exploration games, should absolutely play Tunic. It is incredible. Uh, but Jake, do you want to go next? Sure, I have a few things to gush about. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I got back into Final Fantasy fourteen a little bit just the other day for uh, two reasons. Uh, about a month ago, they finally added Australian service. So finally, yeah, finally, like you'd wow. expect that right from the beginning, but no, this game has been going on for. Jeez, I think eight years now and only now they're getting them so it's like hey i can play the game without two seconds of lag between every button press yay fun (laughs) and um yeah the other reason being uh uh the latest patch that i think came out last week uh either last week or beginning of this week uh actually added in a system that lets you play the story required dungeons with ai party members oh okay yeah which is really interesting for an mmo because like when it yeah a dungeon thing is like you're supposed to like bring other players 
to help you go through those now it's like eh, we've been hearing a lot of people that just don't want to bother with other players so yeah let's start making this system and yeah i've been using that because i'm one of those people that really like mmo gameplay but can't stand playing with other people that was like my main gripe with final fantasy 14 it's like oh you're forcing me to play these dungeons with other people so i can progress and you know experience more of the game when other mmos don't do that so yeah, yeah. i've been uh, i've been doing that and i've been having a blast <laughs> i've been having a blast with that it is so fun actually getting to do dungeons at my own pace instead of like everyone else's pace now out of curiosity how good is the ai good but not great that's what you'd want yeah yeah like good enough that you can do it yeah it's good enough so like you know you probably won't need to like worry about anything if you know just basic boss mechanics and stuff but there are still times when it's like oh both the uh both the damage caster and the healer are standing right next to the tank and they're getting obliterated what are they doing (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's uh that's a little annoying. But uh the thing is though is um uh that system only goes up to level 50, which is like the end of the base game, none of the uh expansions, but they are working on further expansions in um well adding uh, support for further expansion uh dungeons in later patches. So at this point I'm just getting all my jobs to 50 and just sitting on them and waiting yeah okay yeah yeah (laughs) so it's gonna take me a while to get to you know the end game yay fun uh actually yeah mmos yay fun there uh yeah but uh when uh actually starting that i found out they've actually been doing that for the past two expansions so it's in this weird bit where it's like you can do it for the beginning of the game and the end of the game but not the middle. So like I, for the uh, the award-winning Heaven's Ward expansion. Yeah, like I'm stuck between level 50 and 60 really because it starts at 71 actually. No, yeah, so 50 and 70. So I got to wait if I want to continue playing like this. It is not the optimal way to play. No way at all. But this is how I like to play it. So, you like to play yeah. alone. Yeah, I like to play alone so I don't have to deal with people screaming at each other because, like, they were a millisecond away from, like, an attack and missed or something. Uh, MMOs are annoying. <laughs> Playing MMOs with other people are annoying. Yeah, I gave up on them pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's just a shame I'm addicted to the gameplay loop of MMOs. <laughs> just everything else <laughs> around them. It's just... Uh... Uh, another thing I've been playing is, like, I'm still playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, even though, you know... <laughs> Finished on my, the stream. Yeah, yeah, e- even though, like, I talked about it and, like, it sounded very negative, uh, towards it, uh, last podcast, but, uh, yeah, at this point I'm, uh, messing around with the end game and... It might be the first time Gearbox has actually made a good end game for a borderlands game just like finally (laughs) they've tried so hard 
the entire franchise. It has taken... Oh, when did Borderlands 1 come out? Like 12, 13 years ago? Uh, let me look, because I remember getting it. Yeah, it was on like yeah, it was midway through the was, original 360. Uh, I was gonna era, say yeah, it was so. on PS3 when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's ages ago. But yeah, like finally they have like a decent end game system, because like it, October twentieth, two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine. Oh wow. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. So you're right. Ago. Thirteen yeah. years ago. But 13. yeah, oh. yeah. So what they've done is they've kind of combined like all the best bits of like every other borderlands games uh end game kind of yeah just kind of merged it together and uh thrown it into a roguelike mode it is yeah it is really interesting so like how it works is you have like a constantly repeating like rooms of just waves of dudes and uh each round has uh yeah each round you can like just collect a uh, currency that you can spend on upgrades and stuff and at the end you fight a boss but then um yeah there's uh, a part of it called um oh what's it called uh the chaos mode so what chaos mode is is it's essentially uh borderlands 2's op level system where on top of your max level you can increase the difficulty of the game as if you went up an extra level so like uh yes but um the the thing with uh borderlands 2's op levels is it was just really annoying because like after going up two or three uh op levels you'd have to re-grind for all your gear again yeah i remember yeah it was like it was a cool idea but just not fun but uh yeah luckily they uh that doesn't uh, isn't really a thing for this like you can get you can get upgraded versions of guns that you already have but the upgrades aren't you know you don't have to constantly farm for them thank goodness <laughs> yeah because oh that would have been awful but uh yeah to replace you replace that system you can get uh yeah upgraded weapons that are either uh considered chaotic or volatile I don't really know the difference between the two, but all I really know is it has better stats. I'm like, oh, this is good enough. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, that works. That works. It's fine. Numbers get bigger. Yeah, number go up. It's good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like to get volatile weapons though, the only way you can do it is if you get to the max chaos level of 20, which is really difficult unless you have like a take. really good build. Like I just reached level, uh, yeah, chaos level twenty on my uh, first character, who's like only got there because it, it's a tank build. My damage is garbage, but I can survive pretty much anything, <laughs> <laughs> which which is really difficult for one boss because it has like has an ability uh, every couple of seconds just recharge a quarter of its shield. It's like oh, come on! And the first <laughs> time I fought it, it glitched, so it did that constantly with no attacks in between it's like how am i supposed to beat this i i didn't realize it was a glitch at the time and i got mad <laughs> but but yeah fair. but yeah like this is this is actually like legitimately fun end game stuff but what i have noticed with this though is like with uh with all borderlands end game stuff is like better gear drops more often and i have gotten quite a lot of uh legendary weapons 
They're okay. all kind of garbage, which is really weird. They it's tend to have... the legendaries are very unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Borderlands legendaries work is they tend to have like some kind of gimmick to them that makes them interesting. Like the stats are usually, you know, just slightly better than you know one tier down from its like other rarity, but like it has a gimmick that makes it unique and super powerful but yeah all of the yeah pretty much all of them in wonderlands are garbage except for one except for one gun because it's um i can't remember what they've changed the name to because like they, they changed the manufacturer names to like fantasy versions of them but like uh bandit pistols in um in borderlands 3 instead of having uh instead of needing to reload it it has like an overheat kind of thing yeah and, okay yeah and this uh yeah and this legendary pistol its gimmick is sometimes it's overheat just decreases when you're just holding the fire button so you can just empty the entire magazine of like 800 and something bullets at once without needing to you know cool down the pistol and that's why it's so good but like <laughs> every other gun is garbage pretty much yeah, yeah. But yeah, it that just, is that to is me because it's a fantasy. It has a, like a fantasy aesthetic, like fantasy motif. Like the idea of guns is strange to me. Yeah, yeah, that is understandable. But like you know, it's Borderlands. It's a, it's a, yeah. it, 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 it's a franchise that was built on. We have eight gajillion guns. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Like <coughs> I had a shirt that said over eight bajillion guns. <laughs> what about um, the melee weapons Any oh melee weapons uh, in my opinion while i like the idea of you know actually being able to pick up melee weapons as part of your gear set in the end it's not worth it because like yeah because like the weapons either do like they're either attack really quickly and it's nice but the damage is worse than you know a basic attack in the previous games or they do decent damage but they swing so slowly ah okay yeah. that ends so you may you know, as well go with guns yeah just guns that and you know uh just melee builds in wonderlands just need a massive buff they are <laughs> objectively the worst way to play the game because yeah. of course of course. Have you um played any other classes yet or I've I've played a few. So my original yeah, the the first character I had was a mix of Berserker and Graveborn. Which is like melee and ice focused plus, you know, dark magic focus. Dark magic is all about like it's the new element that uh focuses on like health regen on damage. So that's that's why I'm tanky because I have a lot of health and I can just regen it constantly. But uh, the other classes that I've messed around with is I have a spell shot mixed with what's the class called? Clawbringer. It's the one that I has like so. the uh yeah the one that has like the little wyvern pet. Yeah, I think you're right, calling it the Clawbringer. Yeah, yeah, so it's all about, like, just spamming spells and elemental damage. I've noticed the Clawbringer stuff is useless to the build. 
because it you may as well just get pure spell shot yeah yeah because the uh yeah the elemental damage just isn't enough and half the uh yeah half the clawbringer stuff also focuses on melee just like why (laughs) (laughs) just god damn it why and the other one uh that i'm messing with at the moment i only have it at level 17 so i haven't really been able to like fully flesh it out is uh stabomancer and the spore one which is all about just getting critical hits and it's crit yeah it's crit chance is insane so this is the first game that actually focuses on uh uh you know crit chance is being a thing because like all other borderlands games like oh hit the weak point it's a critical hit this time it's like you can hit anywhere and there's a chance it'll be a critical hit and just yeah the stabomancer's base like passive ability is like oh you just have an increased 30 percent chance to crit and you can buff up stats to increase that to an extra 40 percent so that's a 70 percent so 70% chance to just crit. Auto-crit. Auto-crit. And, uh, yeah, there's a skill in the spore one thing that if you bump that up to max, that's another 30%. So every attack is a crit, which is insane. And, like, it has a whole bunch of skills that focuses on, it's like, oh, if you land a critical hit, so-and-so happens. And so, yeah, that gets stupid. But it also makes one of the uh, Stabomancer's uh, main abilities redundant, which, like, it goes invisible and turns every attack into an automatic crit. So ah. that's just... It just makes that completely redundant. So it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, you go invisible. Yeah, you go invisible, but the AI still knows where you are. Oh, that's... Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's completely pointless. It's I dumb. thought it would have been kind of like a Zero's ability where yeah, they I attack thought, the decoy. I thought so too, but for some reason the AI still knows where you are. That might be a bug though, I don't know. But yeah, Maybe there's... it's different when you have multiple players. Yeah, probably. But yeah, that's, uh, that's Wonderlands. Like, playing just the base game is kind of annoying, but the end game is worth it. But the uh, the last thing I want to talk about is, uh, remember a couple of months ago I was talking about a game called Scarlet Nexus? And it's like, oh, this game's pretty cool. I should stream it. Yeah, I'm doing I that. Finally I'm, up to yeah, it. yeah, I'm, I'm streaming that now because uh, it's the only way I can play games these days. Yay, fun. Goddamn content creator guilt. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, this game is really, really fun. It is a uh, uh, an action RPG where, like, you know, you just do your melee combat, but you also have, like, psychic powers, so you can pick up trucks and things and just throw them at enemies and stuff. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's fun. Gameplay's, yeah, gameplay's fun. Combat's great, yada, yada, yada. I'll play this on stream. So yeah, I'm streaming it and now that I'm actually like, you know, playing it properly and going through the story and all that, I was Oh boy, I was not expecting this game to be as political as it is. Is ooh. Hmm. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. Like right from like chapter 2, this game goes yeah, this game goes from like oh, we're part of a platoon, let's go fight these monsters to the me- uh, the government is controlling the media 
and it's using that to control this uh, civilization. Plus, they also have concentration camps. Plus, don't trust what pharmacies put in your medication. It's like, oh my god, what is this game? Yeah, wow. Oh my god, what? What? <laughs> That's because like I'm a thing. I'm yeah, yeah. I am not a political person. I, I, I'm just I, I don't. Mm, you know, I just don't pay attention to that stuff for my own sanity. So, like, playing, it's like, ooh, happy, fun game about fighting monsters turns into this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just don't know where to look. Yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like an overload. Just an overload of stuff. And, uh, you know, this being on stream, people are talking, like, yeah, people are talking back at me and they're going on about, like, you know their opinions and like the the game's political standings i'm like this was a bad idea this was a bad <laughs> idea like i'm enjoying it like especially i'm enjoying on it. yeah yeah especially on streams like oh boy but like i'm enjoying the game the game is fantastic like probably one of my new favorite games it is ridiculously fun but this is like the most anti me story i've played since uh disco elysium because yeah, that is okay. yeah that is that is another political. heavily political game yeah. so like i want to i want to play it because the game is fun the characters are fun and all that but another part of me is like i don't want to deal with the political discourse that this game brings into a twitch chat <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's what i've been playing <laughs> all right well let's move on to to the news so we got uh but first up obviously as we always mentioned we have our patreon uh so for just one dollar per month you can get our podcast two to three days early uh it all goes towards supporting us supporting the website paying our writers keeping everything running and remember if we do reach that hundred dollar per month goal we will make this podcast a weekly show um but first off in the news uh the audio version of reggie fils new book will be voiced by Reggie feeds me. Oh my god, shocker. <laughs> His body was ready. His body was ready. So, it's still saying it's a uh, release date of May 3rd, so only a couple of weeks away. Um, but June 9th in the UK. So, so May, June-ish. Uh, but I, th- I think he, yeah, he's going to have, his book's going to have a lot of insight on the on the gaming Mm. uh like gaming world especially from like a business marketing standpoint um so if you do like that um uh like insight into things then definitely so disrupting the game is what it's called and or from the bronx to the top of nintendo but yeah so that one should be coming out soon but if you don't want to read it you can always listen to the audiobook and you and you know it's genuine because it's yeah um, it, it's voiced coming, by the author it's coming from the horse's mouth that's, That's it. What I was literally about to say, yeah. straight from the horse's mouth. I love this. But I, I love this comment. Uh, someone's put on this uh, the article that we have for like, you know, just yeah. this. So like, the obvious choice would have been Charles Martinet in full Mario voice. Ah, oh, that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Imagine getting Reggie's story from Mario. <laughs> uh, now we just need a Charles Martinet. Yeah. Oh, I'd actually like. I'd love that. Actually, I know you would. Yeah. 
or you know Charles Martinet actually voicing Charles, actually voicing Mario in the movie. Yeah, but here we are. That would that would also be nice. That was never going to happen. You know. Yeah. That. Oh, I know. I know. No one. No one wants to sit through a, an hour and a half movie listening to Charles Martinet do his. Yes, you do. His, but mm, it was never going to happen. Not for an hour and a half. No, it's Ma- Mario's never been a yeah, dialogue heavy. Ma- yeah, character. Mario is good when he's just doing wahoo and you know yeah. all that. But like full on d- serious dialogue, I cannot picture that. No, it would not work in a movie context. Um, but yeah, it's 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 still weird though the idea, I and mean, we Again, still I haven't still seen a trailer to that. Done a, uh, yeah, like the new protege, basically someone to replace him as Mario, not Chris Pratt because he's such a big actor. He's not going to be you know available for all the Mario games in the future. Mm. That's why I was thinking like you know this is a perfect chance to get someone to replace Charles Martinet. Yeah, for when, you know, the worst comes to worse. Which, you know, he's getting in his age. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. what, 70, 80 now? I think, he's, like I think he'd be, yeah, close to 70, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, next bit, so Square Enix's trademark tactics Ogre Reborn in Japan. Yeah, so Ogre Battle, uh, March of the Black Queen, so that was uh, a Super Nintendo game back in 1993. And there hasn't been too much with the with the Tactics Ogre series. So for for you know for for yourselves and for fans of Square Enix and RPGs, strategy RPGs, um, have you guys played an Ogre Battle game? Uh, I have not. I've been no. meaning to for the longest time. Like I think I have a Tactics Ogre game somewhere. I just <laughs> haven't gotten to it yet. Did it even come out in Australia? Don't I don't know. know. I doubt it because nothing came out to Australia mm. back then. Yeah, yeah, but it's true. Still, like with with this, like we are seeing a major comeback of like tactical RPGs, and I am all for it. I mean, mm. I think that was kickstarted a lot by uh, Three Houses. Yeah, yeah. Even Fire Emblem, like with um, Fire Emblem Awakening. No, but that didn't really fully kickstart it. That got Fire Emblem back. But three houses fully kickstarted it. Yeah, that sold gangbusters. Because we've just yeah. had so much more tactical RPG since then. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like Awakening saved Fire Emblem and did good, but like it truly didn't revive the yeah. like the genre. Yeah, three houses is what yeah brought everything back. Like we we're getting a three houses spinoff of a Fire Emblem game that really shouldn't have another sequel <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. also uh if you guys haven't seen the trailer uh your character is the villain in this one ah that's cool the ashen wolf it's called that's actually pretty rad so you actually don't fight it you are a new character that's the protagonist and your character from three houses is basically your um, antagonist and you get to choose what form they take as well. The male or female form. Oh, okay. So you're saying Byleth is the... Yes. Okay, that's... Yeah, they, they're you, called... You, uh, I forgot that it was called Byleth, honestly. Yeah, you, you confused me there for a yeah. second. I was like, oh, yeah. we're playing as the bad guy in this? Oh, that's no, cool. By, no. Byleth is the bad guy. Okay. It's known as the Ashen Wolf, like right. in the game. Because, you know, you could be any name technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because, yeah, the, the trailer didn't say anything about Byleth. Looking into it, I don't think Ogre Battle got any... Well, I know the Super Nintendo game and the Nintendo 64 games didn't get Australian releases. The PSP seemed to because they're selling it. At least Australian PSP versions. Because there was a yeah. PSP branded Tactics Ogre. Yes, yes there was. So that was like a remake, but it was like with a different name, I think. You know, back when, you know, they did consoles tied into things. Because mm. there was even a... What's I'm still one? disappointed I missed out on that Monster Hunter PS4. <laughs> There's a Game Boy Advance Tactics Ogre as well, but that was also North America. So it's, it was actually published by Atlas USA. So I think that's where a lot of the translation was done yeah so that's probably why we don't know much about it yeah unfortunately because apparently it's an amazing series yeah yeah like ogre battle 64 is a highly regarded game yeah like from what i hear it's like oh it's the best tactics rpg ever until final fantasy tactics came out yeah and this is ogre battle 64 on nintendo obviously nintendo 64 that's square enix hmm so like, that was well, after the merger? Yeah. Well, that was after, you know, Square Enix started supporting Sony. And that they still released that. So, interesting. Um, what else have we got? The Sonic oh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 director says he's open to making a uh, Super Smash Brothers movie. I would unironically be down for that. Yeah. Because, like, I, when, yeah, when uh, news of this came out, people were like, how would this work? This is dumb. It's stupid. It's a stupid idea. I'm like, Subspace Emissary. Subspace Emissary. Subspace yeah. Emissary was fantastic. Not a single word of dialogue. But you could I would easily yes. make it. Say you'd have to go to just Nintendo characters purely mm, because yeah. just the rights alone would be mm. a nightmare behind this movie. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, yeah, he says he's open to it. I don't think it'll ever happen. Oh, Nintendo oh, yeah. is still looking into doing more, like, media franchise stuff. Yeah, but so I think it is jumping... quite plausible. Yeah. yeah, I think jumping straight into Smash, though, would be way too quick. Like, yeah, I think, you be. know, you need your Legend of Zelda movie. You need your Metroid movie. You need so you're Star saying Fox this is going to be the Nintendo Avengers? Yes. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. You, you say that as a joke, but yes. I, I'm not saying that as a joke. <laughs> I know that's the case. That's the only way you'd probably be able to do it. Yeah. And they could but, just start off, I but suppose, the point with the is, original do you lineup. do it, like, you know, with just the five, or do you do it, like, endgame where it's everyone? Well, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, you'd start it off with the in- initial Nintendo 64 lineup, I probably, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd build from there. Yeah, but that requires them acknowledging Earthbound. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Imagine an Earthbound movie. That'd be a trip. That would be nuts. It's a movie about, like, little kid beating up, like, <laughs> men in black suits and aliens. I could see a Fire Emblem, like, Marth movie. But then you get the to the end of Earthbound, and it's just nuts. 
Have, you guys, you guys know how the Earthbound, how Earthbound. Oh finishes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. That it's, would, it's, yeah. It reminds me of Berserk. If you've guys seen the anime, yeah. It just reminds me of how like just nuts it goes towards how the end. Nightmarish it can be. Yeah, that never finished. Berserk. Yeah. Yeah. The author I think... died before finishing the manga. That's right. That's upsetting. That was last year, I believe. Yeah, it was very yeah. recent. Uh, we got Aiden Chronicle Rising, uh, so launching next month, which is the Suikoden successor. So that's like a it's like a spin off to the main RPG that they're yeah, making. Yeah, this yeah this is the prequel to the Suikoden successor. Yeah, it's, it's weird because <laughs> yeah they uh I think it was like a Kickstarter or. A, you, you know, some kind of crowdfunding thing. It was Kickstarter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, yeah, Ayudin Chronicle. And then they announced it. It's like, hey, it's coming out. Uh, also, we have a prequel game that we made on the side that's coming out first. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's uh, like okay. Oh, uh, uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, we'll take more. Okay. But, I mean, this... I. Th- I mean, this isn't an RPG, isn't it? It's more like an action game. Yeah, it's 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 a two D action RPG, kind of like um, uh, Act Razor and oh, what's that game? Of God damn it, I have it on PS4. It's a Vanillaware game, and I'm blanking on its name. I mean, if anything, it kind of reminds me of Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. I've never played that, so I you know. <laughs> I wouldn't know that. Can you game. see that, Nathan? It is definitely worth it. Somewhat. It's got that kind of like um, feudal Japan look about it. Mm. It does have very similar like combat style as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's May 10th. So literally like three or four weeks away. Yeah. I, I want to play this just because, like, one of the main characters is, like, an anthro kangaroo man with a giant greatsword. <laughs> it's like, that's rad! <laughs> that's so cool! That is pretty cool. Finally, the, the recognition we're getting. Yeah. Like, that we deserve. Hooray. Uh, Nintendo bought new land. So, you know, Microsoft acquiring all these development companies sony looking to follow suit and then nintendo just buys land it's like haha you you people are buying digital stuff we're fine we're buying actual physical land we're literally yeah. expanding no nah. beat that <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is to um to increase their r&d efforts for which i mean nintendo it's, already it's a, a lot of Sorry? So Pokemon Sleep? Potentially. They might actually get it off the ground. Maybe, maybe that's what they needed. A massive yeah. building. <laughs> when is Pokemon Sleep? I want to know more about it more than, you know, it exists Violet and at Scarlet. some point. I love how they've got this massive building and then you're like, how big is that building? And then you've got cars. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's a big building. Yeah. Because the cars are tiny, teeny tiny in comparison. Teeny tiny Japanese cars. <laughs> Maybe they're just Hot Wheels. 
<laughs> just, you just, you just mean like uh, like the the joke everyone did was uh you know buy your Hot Wheels car for your sixteenth birthday. Oh hey, got you a car. Yeah, I hated that. Mm. It's like ugh, funny. And last bit of news, more more news from Square Enix. As <laughs> uh, officially announcing Kingdom Hearts Four. Yeah, so hey, more you know, more reason to believe that NVIDIA leak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a lot I, of people saw that and Kingdom Hearts Four Three only just came out and that took fifteen years. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Kingdom Hearts Four. I mean Chrono Cross coming out to me just goes, Okay, yeah, that one's real. Yeah, yeah. That and Pretty you know much. who would have thought an Act Razor remake would have ever happened. That's yeah. true. Yeah. What else was on that? There's a lot of wacky stuff. I mean, yeah. I know some of that stuff can very easily get cancelled, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. One that I'm still waiting on is Crash Team Racing for PC. That nah. probably got cancelled because of you know all the Ooh. things with Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Nah. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, Acti Blizz. Although they've now um, they've completely merged. Oh, was it? Yeah, they've merged uh, Vicarious Visions. Yeah, into Vicarious Blizzard. Vision into Blizzard. So uh, I'm not gonna see a Crash or a Spyro game anytime soon. Or <laughs> Tiny Hawks. Uh, yeah, but uh, hey, Kingdom Hearts. Let's talk about Kingdom Hearts <laughs> before we get too depressed. So, I mean, this is a this is a Nintendo podcast, so like I can't really see Kingdom Hearts 4 running on current Switch hardware yeah, by any means. Yeah, they'll, they'll, cloud they'll try and put it on the cloud like all the others. Most likely. Yeah, but yeah. alongside the Kingdom Hearts 4 announcement, they also like announced another mobile game that actually, you know, controls like a normal video game. And like yes, when, yeah, and when it was shown off, it was clearly in widescreen as well. So there's a chance that could be an actual port. I can see that. Maybe it looks it looked quite robust in terms of you know an actual Switch game. Yeah, like, or like has, sorry, a mobile game. Yeah, it actually has you know what you'd see as Kingdom Hearts combat. Yeah, yeah. Right, something um, to point out about this: uh, the Nvidia leak. Tactics Ogre Remaster was on that leak. I thought it was. Ha! Huh. Yeah, there it, you was, go. it was Tactics Ogre, and I think there was also, you know, an announcement for, uh... Voice of Cards. Uh, Final... The well, Forsaken Maiden yeah, as well. That too. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Remake. Yeah, Final it's Fantasy Tactics Remaster. There. Final Fantasy Nine Remake. Yeah. And Tomb Raider 25th Anniversary. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of stuff on that leak. yeah... Yeah, there's a lot coming to fruition there. It's coming a full circle by the looks of it. But yep. yeah, like... But and yeah, I may did, have... Uh, uh, did any of you, like, watch, like, the whole trailer? I don't expect any of you to actually understand it. Yeah, I did, because you put it did. in... I yeah, didn't understand yeah. it. Yeah. And course. I had the Japanese version, so... <laughs> yeah, made it even worse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- that's interesting what what's happened because the last we saw of sora in his you know little story is uh 
he's going into a world of a video game inside of Kingdom Hearts. It's, of course he is. Yeah, it's... Because what's going on, clearly, like, outside of the video game is Tetsuya Nomura is so annoyed that Final Fantasy Versus 13 got turned into Final Fantasy 15 that he is trying to turn Kingdom Hearts into Versus 13. Well, this that's... Is, this is legitimately what is going on. Well, that just seems counterintuitive. Yeah, it's really, really weird. So that's why uh, Sora looks weird. Because he is stuck in a video game that is more... Not realistic Japanese, but, you know, the weird in-between of realism and you know, yeah. Japanese Yeah, basically Final Fantasy culture. 15 art style. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of stuff. But, like... <laughs> God, the secret final boss of the DLC for... Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is straight up just a recreation of Noctis. Just a new version of Noctis, and he's supposed to be the protagonist of this video game that we randomly found in Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> so dumb. Oh god. But, uh, clearly there are also, you know, more Disney stuff happening in it. More realistic Disney stuff. There is a single shot that if you... Yeah, there is a single shot in the trailer that if you look carefully, you can clearly see the foot of an ATST. Yes, I, I heard So, that, yeah, that. Star Wars. Star and Wars also, is going to be in Kingdom um, Hearts 4. Wasn't there, like, the flames of Hades or something? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, Hades is always going to show up because... Uh, James Woods just loves playing Hades. <laughs> he... Like, he's come out and said, oh yeah, Hades is one of my favorite roles I've ever done. Isn't, so, um, like, Hercules universe being in every single Kingdom Hearts game? Yes. Yeah, I think so. For better or for worse. But yeah, like, I am cautiously optimistic about this, considering how all over the place Kingdom Hearts 3 was. I mean, the thing I'm surprised most is the fact that Disney still want to go along with it. They're just, like, going along for the ride now. Yeah, like, I, I think Disney knows that, like, for at least their Japanese branch, like, this is the biggest amount of, like, advertising that they can get. I was going to say, it's, it's like, good marketing for them, honestly. Yeah, yeah, because, like, as big as, like, Kingdom Hearts is all over the world, it is, it is massive in japan yeah that, and that doesn't surprise me either so it is so inherently japanese <laughs> so hilariously japanese uh, i lied before as well there is one more bit of news and this one's i mean this one's just a funny one to finish it off um a 1992 was it 92 or 93? Somewhere around early 90s. Um, a Japanese novelization of Legend of Zelda Link to the Past had a different name for Link. Paul. P-A-U-L. Paul. The hero of Hyrule, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the hero Paul. of the everyman. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Why? It was done by a, like a 
Japanese novelist as well. Yeah, so why would it be Paul and not like Satoshi or something? You know, so uh, strange. it checks out with uh, Paul Rudd being never aging. Link never <laughs> ages. Ah, I see. There you go. He, he, they called the future that, you know, Paul Rudd would never age and they, you know, <laughs> tied to tie that into Link early on. So Link is inspired by both Peter Pan and Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how yeah, it's like how uh Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise, the main character's name is Jack. <laughs> it's like wonder, come on. I wonder if there was a meeting for that. Like if they actually sat around a table and like, alright, what are we gonna call this main character? Yeah, we kinda or, need a name for him. Can't be Zelda, because that would just be confusing. Oh, of course. <laughs> But like, Jack. I mean, how how long did it take? Was that like a whole day <laughs> discussion, or did they have a vote, or was it just Jack? Oh well, that is a that's a question for another day, I reckon. Uh, let's go over to the indie roundup where we talk about uh, some upcoming indie games for Nintendo Switch, either ones that you know are highly regarded and highly. Um, like, there's a lot of buzz around them, or just ones we flicked through the eShop and we thought kind of look cool. So, first one, we've got Anucard. So, generations after the after the collapse, its surviving descendants have chosen you to become the, uh, the bell wielder of the magical Audrus Bell. Go forth, battle monsters, solve puzzles, and restore Anucard to its former Skyward glory. So, this one we're looking at a... Action adventure fighting puzzle game. So Legend of Zelda. Yeah, kind of Zelda-ish, but almost. I don't know if it's a roguelite or not. It just looks like Zelda, honestly. Even the text, like the old like GBA Zeldas. Yeah, yeah, it does have a very much a GBA aesthetic. But going for the more yeah top-down action RPG. Oh, there's another game that I saw recently that look like this uh why am i blanking on it there are probably many that uh, look like this yeah <laughs> uh eastwood it kind of looks like eastwood there's a kangaroo in there in an egyptian pyramid i want to say yeah, that's i wonder if technic- anyone should te- <laughs> technically <laughs> representation should I tell them or? <laughs> I mean, no, best not. Sure. Let's just let them. Yeah, hey. let's just let, let them release it. <laughs> it, it. It would make Australia way more interesting if it was mixed with Egypt. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it is. I mean, it kind of is once you get out of the cities. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> it's just enough sand. It, it's basically it's the same. Where you know Egypt is very focused in you know cities in very small areas and the rest of it is uninhabitable which is basically yeah. australia basically uh next up we've got ravita so defeat heal sacrifice exchange health for power in fast-paced glass cannon gameplay find the right balance of attack and defense as you die as you try die repeat and progress up the tower so 2d sorry stressful yeah stressful 2d twin stick shooter platformer um it's actually developed by the same team who did scourge bringer which is a very highly regarded uh 
very similar type of game. 2D platformer roguelite. Stressful. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, people like stressful games. I know. I don't. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, art. I like to, you know, enjoy my games. Not be like, oh my god, throw my controller at the screen. Well, I nearly, I nearly did that with Archvale. I got right to the end, and I'm still yet to finish the final boss. Because it's just, I died so many times. But anyways, Ravita. So, if you like Scourgebringer, Ravita is probably, is their next work, is their next uh, project. And that's coming 21st of April. I probably should have said, uh, 21st of April for Anacard as well. Um, for most another, of these titles. Yeah, all but yeah. the last one, really. Uh, the next one, 21st of April, The Last Friends, which this one actually has an 86% on Metacritic. Um, so something to check out here. So in a world that has become yet another post-apocalyptic future where humanity is is distracted by chaos, destruction, rampant mutants, and a thing called surviving, something even more sinister is afoot. The world's doggos are disappearing. (gasps) That is a... Not the doggos. Not the doggos. That is a correct response. But how, I'm trying to figure out this game. It's How does it play? Because it looks kind of tower defense, like Plants vs. Zombies. I was just about to say, yeah. it looks very Plants vs. Zombies-esque tower defense. But with... Because it does have fighting in its genre. So I'm wondering... Every ta- screenshot just looks like Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing how it works is it does have, you know, that style tower defense, but you have a player character that you can just charge along the lanes and just beat up stuff yourself. Mm. Looks like it. Which, uh, we haven't had an actual proper Plants vs. Zombies game in a long time. Yeah, we haven't had a tower defense style like, game like this in ages. Mm. Ever since, Basically you know, since the first Plants one. Yeah, like ever since Plants vs. Zombies turned into a third-person shooter uh, thing. Even Plants yeah. vs. Zombies 2 is yeah. not... It is a mess of a game. Yeah, because they were trying to <laughs> monopolize on mobile transactions and stuff. <sighs> yeah, they were. Sounds about right. They made it impossible, almost, to do without spending money. Yeah, sounds I- about right think they've tried to do a third one as well <laughs> which people have just got no it just looks even worse uh next one we've got also 21st of april lila's sky arc so lila's psychedelic world is in grave danger help her and her centric friends stop the conductor's minions from destroying all things musical and magical in this meditative action adventure game Explore this dark yet groovy world as you unravel the poetic mystery that is Lila's story. So this one's done by Graffiti Games, who have done a lot of really cool indie titles, but it's very much got a uh, like hyperlight drifter. Yeah, yeah. Kind of aesthetic. I was gonna say it looks kind of like Fez in the way they do the pixel art. Yeah, because it, it does have that little bit of um 3D depth to it. Yeah. And Gene Simmons in the second to last screenshot on the Nintendo website on the left. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. He's getting on in age. Yeah, he is. Um, 
But yeah, this is very similar to... Oh, there was another game. Uh, it was done by Humble Humble Games. Uh, oh, this is going to kill me. It did really well last year. Nah. Don't nah. ask me. You have to give us clues to work out these games. <laughs> but Ah, not this episode. But we'll yeah. get to that. Um, I'm going to remember it afterwards, but it looks good. It does look really good. Uh, also, 21st of April, Lumote, the Master Moat Chronicles. Meet Lumote, the squishiest bioluminescent creature in this beautiful 3D puzzle platformer. Take control of the world's inhabitants on a quest to overthrow the Master Moat. So, yeah. 3D That's platformer. All it says. Pretty, oh, yeah, that was and the entire. It's really yeah. hard to even tell what your character looks like in this. Yeah, it's very... Unless you look at the uh, the title screen. Yeah. It's very, like, neon bright lights. Yeah, there's a lot of neon uh, luminescence going on. So, yeah, it does look like it might be a little difficult to see your character. Yeah. Especially for someone like Alex. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I always mean, forget you're colorblind. <laughs> everyone always does. Um... A little tangent. I was doing something for work, and I had to, I had to, it, like, had to be brand color specific. I'm like, why have you guys given this task to me? <laughs> like, you why know, I'm give colorblind. that to the colorblind dude. Yeah. And last one. This one's 28th of April. Parkasaurus. Uh, this one was in the uh, the last Indie World presentation, so it's got a lot of buzz around this one. Parkasaurus is a dinosaur tycoon management simulation where you take care of your dinosaurs by constructing well-designed exhibits, researching specialized technologies, and maximizing profits to expand into the ultimate dinosaur theme park. Do you favor development for guests or your dinosaurs? It's basically cartoony Jurassic World evolution. Pretty much. Yeah. But indie. Yeah, Jurassic World evolution is the exact same premise. And your dinosaurs can wear hats. And I'm sure Parkasaurus is way more uh, customer friendly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was, was going to say playable. <laughs> or that. that. Too, yeah. It does have a very, like, yeah, I don't want to say childlike aesthetic, but very almost storybook aesthetic. And did you guys ever play Theme Park? It was like an old game on the. It would have been like no. early 2000s, late 90s. It was on PlayStation 1. No. Nope. Uh, it was it was so good. It was so much fun. But it was basically a theme park simulator. And this kind of reminds me of it. I might actually pick this up. Like Roller Coaster Tycoon? Uh, kind of. But like... I mean, I've never played Roller Coaster Tycoon. Neither but... have I. I just know okay. it was the thing everyone played. I'm going to put this in the You always Discord. see it. Like people are like, oh, hey, I remember, you know, launching people off into their death on a roller yeah. coaster <laughs> i wonder if this fun. is it theme park 1990 released in 1994 oh, it is it oh my god i love this game Childhood i'm gonna share it with you memories guys. it really is like okay so it originally released on pc in 94 but i played it on the playstation when it came but and it was just like you oh my god this that is giving me looks a lot very of familiar a lot of nostalgia 
and like you had to you had to hire cleaners and they had to you know go around and clean everything um Pete, so it, hold hold on peter molyneux made this why does that name sound familiar who's fable there you go <laughs> wow okay yeah it was ea and everything did, did not expect that okay yeah look into it it's really good it's a fantastic game but does like, it hold up the... well i mean that's obviously going to be the biggest question but i mean according to the reviews like at the time that is it was very favorable aside from a couple <laughs> just random it was on the mega drive wow that would have been terrible I've I've gone I've gone off topic, but I really want to <laughs> I really want to play this again. <laughs> so next episode you're going to be talking about it, about theme park maybe, or maybe I'll be talking about Parkosaurus, because it kind of looks yeah, it kind of looks very similar in that aspect. Hmm. Anywho, um, so that was our indie roundup. Next up, we've got our Patreon question. Uh, comes from Twitter this time though, so yeah, we do take questions. From uh, from both our Patreon and all of our socials and our Discord, which you can ask us anywhere, um, we do take Patreon requests or Patreon questions as priority because they are our, patro- our patrons. But yeah, you can always ask us questions. We can always reserve them for future episodes as well. But uh, old Nintendo gamer and son, I, I like them. They're always yeah, um, always really yeah. They are they're really nice as well. I, I just hold a petty uh, grudge because they ruined my uh, my name that game. <laughs> Oh, with Hypercharge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just because I follow Hypercharge on Twitter and yeah. know about them before. Yeah. <laughs> but they've got another question for us. So uh, Nintendo Switch Sports will be with us in two weeks. And with six sports, golf being added in the fall and a data mine hinting at dodgeball for the future. Are there any other sports you would like to see being added? Aussie football, maybe? Uh, personally, I love the table tennis game from Wii Sports Resort. You should probably clarify that was part of the question. Yeah. Because that yeah. sounds like you said, personally, so, I love the table tennis. Good question. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they that's what they said, that they love the table tennis. I mean, I didn't... Well, actually, personally, I didn't really like the table tennis because I thought it was just a more yeah. constricted version of tennis. Yeah. Which kind of is what it is anyways. Uh, but I don't know. They can draw on a lot of Wii Sport resorts games like sports and whatnot i feel like because of like golf story and now like leading up to sports story they could do a lot um because you know it's it's kind of leaning towards that where a lot of these games are just becoming compilations of different sports Mm. um i mean i would love aussie football because i'm a massive afl fan not Um, gonna happen though it, yeah, exactly. It doesn't I have doubt universal appeal. They even know it exists. Exactly. So uh, it it would need to be um, actual universal. On the contrary, yeah, though, you I, might see that in sports story. Yeah, <laughs> I really hope so. I, I would like to see like a non-Australian uh, person's interpretation of AFL. Oh, to be nuts. Yeah, we barely we barely understand the rules. Let I alone- mean. I think you got kind of that with uh, Gaelic football. Yeah. 
Which is, yeah, I mean, Gal- that's kind of similar, yeah. Yeah, because that is basically soccer cross AFL. Yeah, it's an evolution of that, basically. It's very bizarre. It's a bizarre game. Very bizarre. But what could they... I mean, I love the idea of dodgeball. Like, that would be awesome. I think... In, like, a wheat switch sports. The Man, is... I can't wait to, like, just constantly quote dodgeball when playing dodgeball. <laughs> If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dip, duck, dodge, dive, and dodge. You can dodge a, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a Joy-Con. If you can it's dodge sterile traffic, and I like the taste. If you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. Ah, <laughs> uh, what other sports are there though? I, I mean, see, this is a problem. Um, you've got the Olympic Games, which basically cover yeah. a massive variety of sports. You've uh-huh. got the um, strikers coming out. I was ex- I was thinking that. I'm like, oh, oh maybe soccer. Yeah. Nah, strikers. <laughs> um, you might be able to do cricket. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but outside of you know, England, Commonwealth countries. Yeah, yeah. Like outside of England, Australia, and like India, India like that. That the, entire thing there. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean. Like that's all I can really. And then if I say rugby, it's the same thing, to, but just add New Zealand to that list. Yeah. yeah. And they've Dude, got... <laughs> Imagine me doing Harkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I just want rugby for that reason. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, because they're adding volleyball, which is kind of one that I would think of. Volleyball mm. and badminton. Which is quite surprising. What's the difference between badminton and tennis, apart from what you hear? Yeah, the sh- the shuttlecock, the size of the, um, the size of the rackets, and like the way you know, because it's a very long stick, um, shorter courts, higher t- net. But the premise of the game is functionally the exact same. It can't bounce. True. So. I mean, but yeah, I, I it is. It say, is. I don't think a shuttlecock can bounce. No, exactly. Just go. Boop. But it's it's very. It's got the same like skeleton as as tennis. Yeah. Um, so what else there could really be that you could add? You know, like honestly, I'm really surprised that there's this much hype towards this, towards this game. I mean, Wii Sports was the highest selling game of all time, technically. Yeah, it's because it came with the damn system. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's why, like, that's why in my head, I never understood, like, why there's so much love for Wii Sports. I always saw it as that, uh, the thing that came with the console just to show, you know, your parents, like, hey, check out how technology has improved for video games and then you never touch it and play like mario galaxy like I, yes that, i mean that's I, how I, I've I kept always going seen... back to bowling every now and again bowling like, is that, fun yeah but bowling was fun but yeah that's just how i've always seen wii sports but then like i think it's only been in like the last couple of years i've just seen constant memes about how much people love wii sports i had no idea who matt was until also, you know, the past couple of months ago. Remember that, Jake. A lot of these uh, people making those memes are Zoomers. 
I know. They are people and they grew that are, up you know, with adult, it? Yeah, yeah, and they're <laughs> adults now, and that scares me. I'm nearly 30. Please help me. <laughs> it's it's nostalgia i reckon and it, wii sports was a game of its time like yeah you know wii sports came out 16 years ago you know what was yeah. fun we play we play was good as well that was very underrated it yeah, was very tank, simple yeah, the the tank game yes that. that's literally adore. what i was gonna say the tank game yeah people <laughs> adore that yeah that was fun. Much that, better than it's... the uh, Crash Bash Tank game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game is awful, but its soundtrack is fantastic. Overall, though, I, I think, yeah, it's, it is based a lot on nostalgia of, like, when we was this cultural phenomenon. Um, I just don't think it's going to sell very well because of its name, Nintendo yeah. Switch Sports. It does not have a good ring to it. Like, it's not Wii Sports. They should have just called it Switch Sports Resort. Yeah. Or even just Switch Sports. Well, that's kind of hard to say. Switch Sports. Uh, I, I'm just waiting for the nostalgia for a Nintendo Land. And we, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, when, when, when is that going to happen? That was incredible, that game. That's 10 years old. I still can't believe they sold one, two Switch as its own thing. <laughs> I still can't believe I bought it. I forgot that even existed. <laughs> Uh, it was fun for like twenty minutes. Seconds. Like that's yeah. it, like it, that game is exactly how I saw Wii Sports. It was actually how, pretty neat. Like you know, actually being able to feel like in the marble rolling one. Like you yeah. can actually feel the different marbles. Yeah. Uh it had its moments, but then you then you put two people side by side and do the and do the um the wizard. Yeah, that was weird. Um, one thing, and it just—it was horrible. That was just weird. I'm like, we're not doing anything at the moment. We're just being idiots. Yeah, like the cow milking one. <laughs> well, that one was actually like it had something to do. Like it had fun. I'm actually doing the hand movement. I realize no one can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but Audio like, podcast guys. <laughs> but like, it was—it actually had some kind of fundamental to it, and like, you actually did the action and then it filled the milk up the wizard thing was just i don't know you pushed and pulled and that's it it was weird you played with your friend you did something i don't know if it was i don't know if we actually were playing it was just we did something um then you didn't talk yeah, so about that's... It for a long time <laughs> yeah so that's actually a very difficult question to answer. Cause I, just, I would probably I, say maybe a shooting game. Like like clay shooting or something. That's a very good one, actually. Or that's a really good one. Yeah, archery. Or... That would be really good. Actually, yeah, that's... I'm agreeing. I'm going double downing on um archery. Yeah, yeah. Like my my answer was going to be the uh, the frisbee thing from uh, Wii Sports Resort, but no, Archer is way better. Agreed. The Switchaboo team votes Archery. There we go. All in favor? Aye. I mean, I brought it up, so. All opposed? Me. Nay. <laughs> Who keeps saying that? It was, it was him. him. Get him. Yes, get him, fellas. 
I bet everyone can quote that. <laughs> it's The Simpsons. Everyone mm. can quote The Simpsons. Very true. Okay, so moving on to the last part of this episode. So we discussed it last uh, so last fortnight in the previous episode that we are only going to do Name That Game on every second episode. So for uh, the other, the alternative, the alternate, that's what I'm looking for, the alternate episodes, we're going to talk about just something off topic. We'll come up with a new topic every um, every second fortnight, but this time we just thought we'd talk about something all three of us love, and that is Dungeons & Dragons. We're nerds. So, yeah. Yeah, we all are, aren't we? 100%. I yeah, I, I, I always, I've always loved Dungeons and Dragons, but I know Nathan, you, you, pl- you've been playing a long time, haven't you? Uh, four years this year. With the one campaign, or yeah, yeah, right. Did it's you play really before? No. Oh, yes, but oh. no. Oh, I'm actually one surprised. game with Jake. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was uh that was a mess. <laughs> I actually thought you'd you know, grew up with Dungeons and Dragons. I played I started when I was like nineteen with uh with one group and we still catch up like every week or second week. See, it was a matter of um finding people to play it. Yeah. That is the hard part. We've had a very consistent group over the last almost ten years. Yeah, see, that'll help. Yeah, yeah the uh, the the game that uh, Nathan and I did that essentially started our love uh, for D and D was going to be, you know, like a it was essentially going to be like a D and D podcast kind of thing that I was going to put up on my uh, my channel that I did before I started Twitch stuff. But like, we got a session zero done, and then immediately after that, everyone got way too busy, and it just mm. immediately fell apart. It's like, ah, damn. Yeah, you can still see that episode zero. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> <Somewhere>. finding it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, like we could immediately tell that that was going to fall apart because like. One of the players was my brother. He was it was going to be the first time he's ever played. He was so excited for it because he just really liked the idea of making his own character. And he went nuts with it. Because <laughs> like cuz yeah, I said if you can find like a stat block for it, you can play it. He's like, "I want to play as a Cerberus." Like, mm. you know what? Sure. <laughs> he had a really interesting concept, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to play as a Cerberus with each head being a different part of, like, you know, psychology. Like the id, the ego, and the superego. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm like, that sounds like a bit too much for your first time. It's like... Absolutely. I'm the kind of person who immediately jumps into the deep end with things. If I, if I don't find anything interesting with that, then I don't care. Well, so I'm wasn't like, he going to be a rapping bard? He 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 was. He was going to be a rapping Cerberus. <laughs> oh, this is a mess. But but yeah, we we immediately knew this was going to be a mess because like a week before we uh, recorded that, he left for Queensland and just started ah. a new life. It's like oh, okay. And now he's married. Yeah, he's married now. So congrats to him. <laughs> moves to queensland says like so where do we land on the D thing <laughs> <laughs> can i get your character sheet 
Um, I mean, we, like, yeah, I've been playing with the same group for a long time now. We've gone through many, many different campaigns. Um, but we've had one major campaign that went for like four or five years. Uh, and that was incredible. Like we all had our own backstories and, um, they, they all turned into, into their own like side arcs within that campaign. It, it was, it was really cool. I don't think you can like, I don't think we could ever recreate something Mm. like that but we just started a new one uh i think it was like a month ago where we're all rats oh nice yeah and it is actually really really fun but like sometimes you forget you're a rat and then like he's like oh yeah i just want to do this and just like how remember you're a rat right yeah you're like one feet one foot tall and it's like oh yeah (laughs) you're not rat people you're just a rat you're just a rat rat we're super intelligent we're super intelligent rats so that came from a, pretty much yeah, um, that came from a science experiment, and I'm a really or like a lab experiment, and they're trying. We escaped, and they're trying to find us because we're super intelligent. Just Ninja and Turtles without the mutation, essentially yeah. Mm. But I am I am an old and wise rat, so I'm a wizard, but with horrible dexterity and strength. So like, like all wizards, yeah, essentially. <laughs> but like, I chose to be a wizard, like, and like a really old and feeble old man rat. How thing. is your constitution at least? Eh, average. It's an eleven. Oh boy, this character's gonna die. <laughs> I am squishy. <laughs> I am very squishy. Someone would pick you up and squish you, and you'd squeak. Because if you have low dex. <laughs> And low con, you, you're buggered. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I stay away from combat, basically, and, like, just cast from a distance. But, yeah, essentially, I'm just there. I don't really contribute much, <laughs> to be honest. Maybe just until the a, later levels. Just along for the ride. For yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm there for the story. The story context. Um... But before that, when we did the long campaign, I was a cleric, like a real, like beefy, um, like great sword wielding cleric. Ah, oh, so you were a and melee cleric. Yeah, yeah, melee cleric. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So not much healing and, and more damage. Yeah, more damage. Yeah, more damage focus. Um, and I did a lot of like I put a lot of my feats and whatnot into well, like I got greater cleave as soon as possible. And that that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Greater cleave and enlarge. I remember casting a large person, and I think it's like bull rush, bull rage. What edition do you I play? Ah, uh, three point five. There we go. That'll be uh, why. Yeah, yeah. We only really have experience with fifth edition. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, it's similar, but yeah, a little different. Close have you guys Pathfinder. tried Pathfinder as well? No, but I've been meaning to try second edition. It's pretty good. It's just it's more crunchy in numbers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like I while I haven't played Pathfinder, I've played like the Pathfinder PC games that have come yeah. out. And yeah, those are very numbers heavy. Yeah, they they can be. But in a weird way they're a bit more simplistic as well. They like especially if you, there's like a the initial version of Pathfinder that was very simplistic. 
I feel like that's what they were going for. Then they kind of went in the opposite direction with it. Mm. Very interesting how they did that. Um, but the next campaign, I w like, I'm going to host the next campaign that we do. And I want to, because I like the idea now that we did one with rats. I kind of want to do one with owls. Like, I mean, uh, what was that movie? 5e has owl in as a playable race. Yeah, Ooh. that's a thing. Might, okay. might have to learn a 5e. It's actually it's, really simple. It Yeah, it's what I really like about 5e is just they keep making more and more stuff for that. Like, you can make pretty yeah. much any character you want with that system. I think um, I, the most versatile system in terms of actually making almost any concept is Pathfinder 2e. Just because yeah, okay. they have like so many like options and stuff where you can go, oh, I want to be a grappler that does it in this way and like you can go okay here's you know your class feats your stuff like for i know a bit about the character creation side i just remember seeing like just how versatile it is mm. it gets it gets pretty pretty in depth that's for sure but um what was it like um me and jake both watch a youtuber which his whole premise is making pop culture characters in 5e his latest episode, he made a Wobbuffet. What is his name? I must uh, find this. Tulok the Barbarian. Barbarian. Oh right, I always mess. I always mess that up. Here, yeah, I'll get a link to. His He's um video. basically a uh, the name comes from Barbarian Librarian. But a love it. Yeah, I approve. Um, well, I started getting an inkling into like D D with a uh, community <laughs> oh, of course it was the community yeah. episode <laughs> i love that episode so much that was that was solid <laughs> but then um what actually really got me started was uh team four star they were doing a like yeah. a, a weekly like basically podcast series um and like that really got me started, like into it. Yeah, I I, I love when um when you know places like outlets like that they do D and D podcasts. So like mm. it was that, and then I moved into um like the Unexpectables, which is very much connected, like with very similar like um players and um like basically. The DM of the Team Four Star one is a player in Unexpectables. Cool. So like, um, it started with um, so Takahata, um, the guy, one of the main voices behind Team Four Star. He's basically wanted to, you know, play D and D, and went to his sister. Hey, can you make a game for us? So she had one week to prepare this whole thing, <laughs> and then they started recording and they just wrapped up two hundred episodes and they're about to start the second campaign. Dang. That's a good effort. Oh yeah. yeah. And she's had like six months of prep time for this, so I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna go interesting. <laughs> I I remember listening to the do you guys know Easy Allies? No. Uh do you remember game trailers? I remember game trailers. Yeah, so they closed down a while back and then they went off and did their own thing called Easy Allies. They've been going uh, for a long time uh, now. But they they did their own 
um, D&D podcasts. And yeah, I used to love listening to that because they've all got very unique characters and very unique personalities, which I suppose, do you guys role play? Like, do you guys get into the role playing side of things? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's the main, that's the main reason why I actually play. I don't care about like numbers, min maxing or whatever. I like making characters. Yes. And yes. And no, for me, I like going with concepts over like, characters but then i build the character from the concept yeah so like my first character that i built i specifically wanted to i did divine soul sorcerer which is basically a sorcerer with access to the cleric spell list and um i wanted to go with extended spells so i could you know do healing spells from a distance yeah okay so that that was my first concept Apart from um, the alchemist with uh, Jake's character, like Jake's yeah, campaign, yeah, because I just like the idea of you know the alchemist. Yeah, well, like my first characters were always just just D and D equivalents of the characters that I played in World of Warcraft. Just characters that I already had like backstories and stuff for in my head. I just wanted to translate them into D and D. And then um, recently I've made a grappler build, which is uh, a Luxon, which is an elephant person. And he's uh, like, from there I made it, he was a wrestler. Amazing. Yeah. He grapples things with his trunk. <laughs> and he does, then, of course. And then does a Hulk smash. Yeah. Like, my, my most recent characters that I made is an entire, like, Power Rangers style squad. Wait, what? Yes. I, I I straight up like if I yeah if I make a uh, my own campaign again I straight up have like Power Rangers ready for that setting. I have Sentai heroes. <laughs> That's pretty impressive, actually. He has yeah, made making characters a is so fun. lot of characters. I love making characters. I I I like seeing like what can a character do? Can I translate that? into D D. yes i can i'm gonna make it like was it, you've done every single hollow life member at this point no not yet but a lot <laughs> i have a problem <laughs> and you use it to fill the other problem <laughs> yes jesus which is character creation for D D is ridiculously versatile yeah it gets a bit intense sometimes, and that can be, it can, it can, I suppose it, it's, it acts as kind of like a barrier to, to newcomers, especially if you're not into like RPGs, like too much in terms of like the statistical side I of things. I think 5e yeah, doesn't yeah. though. 5e is very welcoming. That's good. Like it yeah, is then... very easy to just go, okay, here's um like a basic idea. There you go. Yeah, then, like, usually what I say to do for people who have, like, never played before is just make a character based on yourself. Yeah. And then just do whatever. Do that as your first thing. Get the just basic gist of it. And then go do whatever you want. That's cool. And it it helps to have a DM who will let you do whatever you want. Yeah. Even if there is consequences to that. The first, yeah, the first time I I did a, um, like, I was playing as DM, I 
I got a bit too fixated into the story. So in terms of like I mapped it out. And obviously that doesn't help because it becomes too linear or too handholdy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I it like after a few episodes I'm like, no, this isn't working. I need to kind of step back. But then like I had to improvise a bit more. So I was like finding that balance. Oh, I did almost exclusive improvisation with my uh when I ran the game. How'd that go? Jake? <laughs> it was interesting but like there was, yeah like clear flaws but like hey you did your best <laughs> to be fair it was very hard to find time to actually make stuff yeah. yeah and like all three players had vastly different things that they wanted to do with their characters yeah you trying to stitch them all together yeah yeah it was very um difficult to start that whole process mm. But, um, you know, was it one of the characters accidentally made, uh, one of the players accidentally made Sasuke? Yeah, he straight up just made Sasuke from Naruto. Completely That's by accident. Incredible. Completely by hilarious. accident. It was hilarious. And then um, something happened where we retired his character because of, you know, something, story reasons. So I made Sasuke retrieval arc as a encounter. Yeah, we <laughs> legitimately had that happen in our campaign and it was bloody hilarious. That's amazing. And like I found like I tried to translate the like the things they fought as much as possible. So like I made a I found a bone thing for, you know uh was it come what's the uh bone guy? I cannot remember his name. I haven't done anything Naruto related since Shippuden. Um uh, But yeah, my my question, because um, Jake you covered on you touched on this a bit earlier. Uh, what you're saying about like how to start a new character, like kind of base off of yourself for the first time, so you can kind of um, warm yourself, like and like uh, transition your way into learning the mechanics and how the game plays. Uh, would you guys have any other kind of advice for newcomers to D and D? Get the starter kit. Uh, yeah, the starter kit is you know, it's a yeah, that's a good way to start. It's a good way, I, I, especially for someone who wants to learn how to DM. It's a good way to start. Yeah, yeah. But if you have no I one was... who's played it before. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is good. Like, my advice for new players would be don't be afraid to mess up. Yes. Because, hmm. yeah, because D&D is a, a game that is essentially being played inside your imagination. So, like, there's... It's really hard to say. It's like, oh, I messed up and played this wrong. Also, some of the best stuff comes from bad rolls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just kind of go with the flow, basically. Like, one of, one of my favorite characters I've made, his highest stat is a 13. <laughs> he is absolutely garbage. But Oof. because of his, like, yeah, because of his uh, mess-ups and, you know, just stat things from being a fighter, uh, that makes like fantastic like storytelling yeah and and then you also had a was it Velox no Beafor I was thinking Velox oh, oh Velox is my character <laughs> yeah yeah wrong name yeah my uh <laughs> my character that I made for Nathan's campaign that we were talking about before uh he had what was, what was a, it, three a three in charisma five? a three in charisma yeah so so literally the lowest you could roll. Like the highest stat you had was a 15. Everything yeah, else it... was like a 10 or an 8 kind of thing. 
I'm notoriously bad when it comes to rolling stats. But yeah, like with a charisma of three, like I got creative and it's like my character can't speak common. <laughs> How did that work? <laughs> Everyone else spoke draconic Every- by chance. Yeah, by pure chance, everyone's like natural racial abilities let them speak draconic. So it's like, oh, that kind of ruined that. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> he basically needed a translator for um, like at all times. Yeah, that's great. I that, kind like, of it, it did make some interesting uh, it, it, some interesting situations because like. One of the other party members was more, you know, morally grey, while the other one was, like, you know, like, goody-goody. Yeah. So, depending on who I was with, they would try to spin my words differently. (laughs) (laughs) So, that made some interesting conversations. Also, they adopted an owlbear. That was fun. (laughs) And they called it owlbear. Like Stephen Colbert, owlbear. Yeah. A L B E R T. Albert the Albert. <laughs> well done. Well done. I um I think a big part of D D, because like it's it's very easy to fall into the whole min maxing um part of it where you're just thinking about like what's the best way to be as strong as possible. There's a difference um, I think there's a difference between min maxing and optimizing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean even even that for sure. Like, um there's a whole like I, because I did that for my first character, the cleric, and I kind of got bored at the end because I was just kind of following that path of just trying to focus on that. Whereas, like now, like I'm, like I'm saying, I'm playing as the rat, who's the old, old wizard, so he doesn't have very good dexterity, and you know, he basically has to be carried when things go wrong. But it's, it just creates for fun moments like that, and it's just like it. I like having a character that's really good in one thing and terrible at something else. Yeah, or mm. a character I had that I really wanted to flesh out. I did it with a with an old uni group, but then we, you know, life got in the way and we stopped. But I had a I had a hobbit druid who had a pet wolf, and because I was a hobbit, I could he let me like ride him, and it was like uh, really cool like that. But I grew up in the forest, and I was like kind of disconnected from society. So when we all met with the group, and then we kind of walked to the first town, we like. I had never had alcohol before, so, like, we went to a pub, and I started, you know, I started drinking, and, like, I just kind of went crazy, like, in the pub, and just kind of, um, uh, like, destroyed the place, basically, and, like, there was, when we were going in there, like, I didn't know what money was, and there was a toll to cross the bridge, so, like, I held out some coins, and I put it, and I showed, you know, one of the other players, and I'm like, can you take five coins, so, like, almost kind of like a, you know, should I take more or should I take, you know, just the five coins? So, like, t- I kind of tested them in a way, but I did it from a role-playing perspective that I just didn't know how much money was worth. Yeah. So, just creating those kind of scenarios is half, well, to me, is, like, most of the fun. I, l- I love combat and I love, you know, thinking about how I can optimize my character in the best way, but I also just love it for the content the role-playing content side of things yeah, as well yeah exactly that's my favorite thing about the indie as well because uh, voice actor uh <laughs> I, I i just i like yeah that stuff is like my favorite thing like 
I, I always say a character flaw is just as important as a character's strength. Yeah. Because it makes them, like, it fleshes them out and makes, you know, people do things that you wouldn't expect them to do. And it changes the story in certain ways. But you also gotta, you know, make sure character flaw isn't stupid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> also very true. Yeah, because I, I have... A, a friend of mine who's like you know oh, an, an know old friend doing. yeah a, yeah an old friend of ours that we went to school with um when i tried to get him into D, he just made some of the dumbest character flaws ever <laughs> like he wanted to play a character where the character flaw was they had irritable bowel syndrome oh uh, okay so or addicted like, to drugs yeah, he's like every conversation that they wanted to go and uh, halfway through, he shit his pants. Yeah, uh, like uh, stop. Yeah, just just, just stop. <laughs> like that's not a character flaw. That's just annoying. Yeah, that, yeah, that is just annoying, and it kind of yeah. halts the story progress as well. Yeah, and it's yeah, like. Like, imagine, like, you're, like, I don't know, you go into a castle and the king's talking and everything. It's like, wait, wait, hold up. Hold up. I, sh- I, sh- I shit my pants. Yeah. It's like, it's, oh, okay. I do have a recommendation for new players, though. Um, yeah. Make a character that wants to go on an adventure. Like, it sounds, yeah. It, yeah, it sounds simple. And, like, well, yeah, duh. But... You know, uh, that, that is also, like, very, very helpful. Like, you don't want the, someone like, who wants to be a loner by themselves and ruin uh, yeah. the group dynamic, or you don't want someone who complains about going out all the time. Yeah. Also, and I feel, makes... I feel like when you're starting, like, when you're doing your first campaign, when, like, you're with a group that's doing their first one, there's always the loner type, the brooding loner. There's always one. Like, I... My character was technically that in Nathan's campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind like, of just like, oh, it's been done. Yeah, like, I tried to spin it a different way, but, like, I'm not that good of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit. <laughs> but, yeah, you do have to... And so, in that sense, though, would you still say that you know because some stories start where you're you're reluctant you're the characters are thrown into situations where they have to go on on an adventure you mean the call to adventure Mm. yeah and then the denial exactly yeah well it's like but you have to have a character who's willing to Mm. yeah like that's like the whole thing is you have to have a character who is willing to or will you have to develop them to be able to do it like you don't want someone who is just a drag for everyone else playing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I like the idea of, like, that you can become willing. Yes. Like, and you can develop into a character that is willing. So, like, because I suppose, like, if every character is all gung-ho about going on a, on an adventure, that can kind of create a bit, you know, can be a bit samey. Mm. But, yeah, if, if, if in that context, if you're okay with it being, you know, they will eventually become keen on the adventure it's you basically have to have it so you don't want it disruptive to the game so why are they even here Mm. yeah that's a good point 
because yeah, it is. It's hanging act- out with your friends. You yeah, don't yeah, want you don't, you, everyone else's name. You don't want to accidentally make a character that's just a 14-year-old goth kid. <laughs> Wait. Just, yeah, just don't do that. It's like, oh, I'd rather be at home just listening to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> God, he hasn't been relevant for a long time. Nah. <laughs> um, any final thoughts on this discussion? Just try D&D. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. It, it is it is a very cool and fun pastime that like pe- is is another thing. People think D and D as a hobby can be expensive, which yes, it can. If you buy all if the books, someone, yes. If you're someone like Nathan who buys all the books, yes, it can be very <laughs> expensive. But D and D can easily be made for free. It, it it is a yeah it's a hobby that can be started for free if you know where to look if you have if you have someone that like knows how to dm that's like you know that's the hard you don't part. need the books yeah that that's the hard part but like yeah but that also means you don't have to you know buy the books on how to dm <laughs> but like you, you don't need like a lavish setup you don't need a ma- uh, massive uh table with like all these figurines and all that you don't really need that i mean we like, played if- online yeah. with like theater of the mind yeah like that that is another thing you can do because there are also sites that you know supplement you know the big table the figurines the maps and all of that stuff like roll 20 but like yeah you yeah but like you can easily just play the game if you have like an imagination and a couple of friends. Yeah. And there are a lot of resources online and like Reddit groups and whatnot that you can easily get the basics from. There's yeah. so much homebrew on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have so, so many safe pages that I'm like, this is a good monster. Yeah. Homebrew <laughs> is really fun, but I'd say only use it once you're comfortable with oh, yes. you have to be, base game stuff. You have to don't, be comfortable with numbers. <laughs> don't do what yeah. I did and, you know, just go full home for the first game that you want to make. And set, was it six wolves against us? Uh, yeah. I... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was six <laughs> wolves against three level ones. That was not a good idea in retrospect. Because I didn't know, you know balance dice averages also um and bi- it yeah. didn't help that one of the players was not was listening to suggestions dumb. yeah Ugh. <laughs> he had a dislocated <laughs> arm because he wanted it as part of his story but he's like no i'm still going to use my bow it's like what? dude dude one of these wolves tore your arm off use your sword now I'm gonna use my bow with my feet. Oh. Meanwhile, this one player just with twenty strength, just destroying everything. <laughs> <laughs> that that was oh, that was funny. He did all the work essentially. Everyone was doing like Nathan was getting pretty bad rolls, and the other guy and, um, was playing like garbage. And mine required deck saves, which the wolves were good at. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. deck save or it was deck save no damage. It was like. <sighs> yeah yeah you would not best for that I had fight. but yeah terrible you were... rolls 
yeah, you had terrible, uh, terrible rolls, and that was like the worst thing you could have fought at level one. Yeah. The other guy was like, yeah, he just brain dead, did not want to use a sword. But then, like, yeah, the other guy just luckily with his uh, god rolls for his stats and his uh, uh, his character's racial stuff just had max strength at level one and just could easily punch these wolves to death with a single hit. Like his minimum damage was a six. <laughs> uh, it, it was hilarious. He wanted to play as a luchador. That's amazing. A luchador uh, muscle deer. Yeah. <laughs> he was a deer man with massive muscles and just loved chugging protein shakes. Think of it as <laughs> it, gym bro, but a deer. I barely know how that works. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was. Uh, he, I'm, that I'm was sure Jake can send character. you the picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I have it somewhere. This is our writers Discord group, so I wonder if anyone <laughs> I wonder if anyone actually goes to our podcast um server and just looks at the random stuff that we put in there. I don't think so. Well, I mean, if they did, they would find Optimus Prime Truck. <laughs> Optimus Pride. Optimum Pride. Optimum Pride. <laughs> uh, a massive air zooker. The game Theme Park from 1994. Wobbuffet in Dungeons and Dragons. And now this. Like, that is just a random assortment of stuff. Uh, With the, no context. Uh, the art is on my, uh, uh, on my laptop, not my desktop. Damn. No context. That's a very interesting thing to, like, just think about, like, all the other, like, writers, do they look at this channel and be like, what yeah. is wrong with these guys? <laughs> like, what are they talking about? It's just such rep, like, and, but we don't comment either. No. We just to say what any of it means. It and leave mm. it. <laughs> oh, this is great. I love it. All right, I think we might wrap it up there. Um, but I like I like doing these half hour, yeah, discussions. Fun. Yeah, like we love gaming, obviously, but you know, just talking about video games it can be a bit tiresome sometimes. So it's yeah, it's good to talk about other stuff. What have we got for the next ones? Oh, that's right. I just put a couple of random ones in there. Oh. One uh, had one it. last thing before we move on. What was your favorite yep. moment you've done in D anD D to wrap it off? Like each of us. Oh, wrap okay. It off. Um, I can start because I definitely know my my top of my head. Uh, we were fighting a giant mecha Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> nice. And this was the cleric as well, and I was not very dexterous, and I went for a hail mary. Um, because he was he was destroying us basically. We were almost dead, and like he was destroying this whole city. And somehow, like I was on I was on a cliff, and because he was you know Godzilla, he was massive. Um, he was like kind of on the same level as me, as he, like his head as the cliff. So as a hail mary, I jumped and you know did like a sword stab into his head because otherwise we're all gonna die. So I was just like I'm just gonna do it. And I got a natural 20 
and it was the best thing ever, and I took down Godzilla. Nice. It, it's it's always the Nat 20 stores. It's always the Nat 20 stores. And uh. it was, we still talk about it. It was probably like over five years ago when that happened, <laughs> but we still talk about it to this day. Okay, uh. so I can go with mine, which is a Nat 20 slash Nat 1 story. Yeah, that, those are the, those are also the best. So, oh boy, this is to set the scene. We were this game session went to about five in the morning. <laughs> um, we it was just me, the DM, and another player, and we were the two charismatic players, right? So we came into uh, yeah, we we're doing a drug den basically to clear someone's name. Uh, that we needed help with. And then um, we broke into someone's like house that we had suspicions of. Um, turns out the door... Uh, our party has had notorious problems with doors. The door opening was just like lift it up and push it instead of turn a knob. <laughs> I went with a put water in there, freeze it, and then just shatter it, the lock. Because um, press it like shape, was it shape water? You can freeze water, so, you know make the lock brittle uh we broke in in investigation rolled two nat ones he the other person rolled a nat one so the dm was like look um you have one more nat one and you you like because there was a homebrew rule of three nat ones in a row you die um but we walk out we don't die um guards walk out as we come out we nat 20 our way through that conversation and just like oh, we we were meant to be there or something like that. Um, can't remember. This is a while ago now. And then we DM goes, okay, if you want something to happen, like if you want like chaos to happen, I can let it happen. I'll roll like a d one hundred for it. Uh, the building collapses because we did structural damage while in like in like going through things, and the guards turn around and start walking towards us and. That was through a nat one, I think, with that. And then um, we nat 20 at our way of way of going, it's not your problem. Gave him, like, a drink and walked away. <laughs> Just, like, that was early, like, real level three at the time. So this was early <laughs> game. And we just, like, we both had capped charisma scores. Oh, this is what happened when you put two people who talk their way out of com- like problems. <laughs> and yeah, we just rolled nat twenties at the perfect time. Rolled nat ones just to make the scenario, and that's uh, something where nat ones are good. Good story. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, de- they definitely are. They'll just throw yeah, everything that's... on on its head. Yeah, that that stuff is fun. What about yourself, yeah. Jake? Anything? <laughs> I think you know what it's going to be. It's going to be the bite. Yeah, I figured it was that. <laughs> yeah, so in uh, Nathan's campaign that we did, uh, this is the same character that we were talking about before, the one with three charisma. Uh, we were uh, in a fight with uh, one of the uh, NPCs. It was like a friendly like tournament thing being held for like a town celebration. I can't Barbara. remember exactly. It was uh, the... Because su- yeah, f- yeah. f- uh, I did every month was based on one of the 14 gods and it was the uh, the Festival of Fire. So like the peak of summer. Right. So yeah. like there was Anyway, there was a celebration going on and there was a celebra- uh, celebratory tournament. And uh, it was me, uh, 
the other that the sasuke plays new character teamed up against uh a level 20 paladin uh, yeah a level 20 paladin who was a um, so like a max level a warforged yeah yeah um i can't remember exactly how the fight was going at the time he didn't use any but, weapons um, he was just like you know punching you yeah, guys just yeah just punching stuff so yeah no, he he held back but with my character like he's he was a uh lizard folk so very primal very instinctual so he didn't understand that this is you know a, essentially a play fight <laughs> yeah so he goes in bites his shoulder just <laughs> bites his shoulder which you know is a thing that lizard folk can do and they have an ability is they get uh temporary hp based on the amount of damage that the bite I does i think they've rectified that so yeah it's not it as ridiculous do that anymore but yeah uh the attack crit so of course it did ridiculous damage and because of like my mixture of classes it boosted up the damage to like an absurd degree it was like 60 so, damage yeah it was like 60 damage oh, i think God. i was only like level four or five at the time because it was like uh sneak attack damage plus uh hunter's mark like gi- giant slayer yeah. hunter's mark and a whole bunch of other stuff so i just tore out this um this construct's shoulder and he- essentially healed myself for 60 points and uh <laughs> <laughs> like i had so much hp he couldn't do anything and like yeah the other guy lost the fight passed out like lost all his hp i won the fight i i won the fight against a level 20 paladin it didn't help that you had a level five. basically permanent advantage as well which meant sneak attack yeah. every single attack <laughs> <laughs> that was fun i went ham and just destroyed that npc not realizing it's a play fight and oh just, no oh just i destroyed him and then oh, did he die fun. and then there was a the moment afterwards where he wanted to talk to both of them and you're like oh no <laughs> we fucked up oh oh, oh this <laughs> but he he, oh. you know, he congratulated them and gave them each a unique item yeah ah uh, in good yeah, faith yeah. yeah good faith he's like he was essentially like the quest giver he was the guild master yeah yeah so like we were friendly but i think he didn't like me after that he was okay with you he just <laughs> he had respect he just, he just yeah. needed some severe repairs up yes <laughs> i bit off a robot's arm yep <laughs> amazing but yeah i think i think that's uh that's it for today yeah yeah, it was a good one. Um, we'll wrap it up there. But yeah, uh, we hope to. We're aiming to do these kind of discussions every second episode. So, um, just to get a taste, we've got. Um, a f- I just put down a few ideas, but we can always add to it. Uh, so, how to get into gaming journalism, history of Switchaboo, and hobbies outside of gaming. But I imagine that will that'll expand as we come up with other ideas I mean, and whatnot. We, we can wrap up uh, how to get into game journalism pretty easily. Um know someone in the industry yep yeah that helped out you guys didn't it yeah or win a competition win a, 
Yeah, I was about to say, win a, comp- win a random competition that your friend is hosting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if anyone has any um, uh, any topics we'd like to talk about as well, by all means, reach out to us on you know any socials or Discord or anything like that. Uh, and speaking of, obviously, you can find us uh, on all these socials. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So Twitter is at Switchaboo News. Pinned to the top of that is our Discord page. We've also got YouTube, so Switchaboo and Switchaboo Joy Plays. And like we mentioned, we have our Patreon, where for just $1 per month, you can get the episodes two to three days early. But thank you, everyone, for listening, and remember to have fun. Have a great day. See ya.